Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Father God, we just thank you right now for Jesus. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that you've poured out on all mankind. Father, thank you right now for your spirit of truth, spirit of revelation, spirit of wisdom, spirit of truth. Come and speak to us exactly what we need to hear. Jesus, thank you for the good news. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the good news. And just when we think it's that's as good as it gets, do you know what? It gets even gooder. It's not just the good news, it's the gooder and gooder news. Father, thank you. We just, we languish in that. We just love your love, Father. We just absolutely just rest in it, relax in it. But Father, thank you that your love energizes us and propels us forward into what we need. Have your way today, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Shake someone's hand, grab your seat, say a how do you do. Welcome, 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 everyone. It's good to see some faces of people I haven't maybe seen for a little while. But um, welcome. Isn't it good to come together, sing the praises of God? Oh, yeah, we are a worshipping church. We are a praying church. And at the moment, we're a fasting church. Anyone else think it's going fast? We were talking about it this morning. It's like, it's like Sunday, and then next it's Tuesday, and then it's Friday, and then it's Sunday again. And it's, Is there only three days in a week now? Apologies to anyone who's got long, drawn-out, boring days, but I'm sorry. Hey, has anyone been keeping tabs on what's happening in America right at the moment? Not in the politics, not in vaccine litigation, not in, (laughs) I don't know, in the universities. Has anyone seen the footage? So they've been having chapel in the unis in America, started in one uni, and they didn't want to leave, and they just stayed for hours just worshipping God. Um, now they're, they're hanging out for days, and it's, it's spread to more unis. And I've got to tell you, there's one place where we need God to break out. It's in our universities. That place is a, just a hotbed for, for just <laughs> immorality. That's it. Anything that takes us away from God. I'm, thank you, I'm so thankful for, you know, what is it, Campuses for Christ or whatever, the guys that get together on campus, yeah. Father, thank you for moving on America. And then my wife says, how come we don't get revivals? I've got plenty over there. And I'm like, let's not begrudge America a revival every now and then, you know. They're more messed up than us, honey. <laughs> Someone like that. <laughs> so I was out in my garden, as you do. That's all I'm doing. And out in my garden, and I've, the last couple of years, but at the moment, we have trees just popping up in our garden. All of a sudden, the trees that are on our property, which we've been there now for 20 years, these trees, they started reproducing. And we've got enough trees to do the, the church property here, and which is amazing. They just come up out of the ground, out of our soil at home. We've got plain trees, we've got um, liquid ambers, we've got, we've got pout on trees. Anyone wants some pout on trees? They are enormous. They are called a party tree. 
they'll overtake your whole house. If you want one, we've got stacks. But I, I'm watering these little trees. We've got jacarandas coming up everywhere. And I'm like, this is astounding. And I'm like, God, why at the moment? Because Kylie went around collecting feathers. And God really spoke to her about how not even a sparrow falls to the ground. So she's got this collection of feathers. Now she brings home this cacophony of peacock feathers yesterday. Now I've got to work my way through this, like hallway, down the hallway through feathers. But it's a great reminder of things like that. But these trees, and I'm saying, God, what's the significance of these trees? And straight away I knew that I was asking something that was meaningful. Do you ever do that? You're just hanging out with God and you ask a question and all of a sudden there's gravity there. There's weight there and you go, oh, I'm going to get an answer. And he goes, this is a time. And I went, oh, a time. Because actually God's been talking to me about time lately and it's, it's not a season, but it's a time. It's a time. It's a time right now. God, this is a time on the planet right now where God is moving. He's already, he's already shifted, but it's not, and now our job to catch up to where he's shifted to. And for us to keep our ears tuned, eyes tuned, and our hearts soft to what he's saying to the church. So I asked him, what's significant about this? And he goes, it's a time. Now, time is the force with which transformation comes. It's not just chronological. We think that time is that tick, tick, tick. No, no, that's, that's just the mechanical observation of time. Time is the force that God has put there. Jesus is time. He brings about massive transformation. He brings about ultimate transformation. He takes us from being broken to being whole. He takes us from being filthy to being clean. He takes us from being absolutely sinful and immoral to being the righteousness of God. Wow! So I'm out in the garden. And he says it's a time. Time is so important because that gives us the opportunity to be transformed. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Submit to the time to be transformed. This is a time to be transformed. Forget the past. Forget the former things. The way God used to move, forget it. When he talked about that in Isaiah, he, he says, forget the former. He just gives a list of all the things he'd done. He goes, now forget the former things. And also, don't dwell on the past. Your past, forget my former stuff. Don't dwell on the past because I'm doing something new. We've got to remember God's doing something new. I woke up this morning and God, and I was having a talk with God about some things that I wanted changed in my life and in circumstances. And he says, I'm making everything new. And I'm like, boom. That joy hits me, and I'm like, you're making everything new. You can spark that joy as well. Not the Japanese chick that does the little foldy-foldies into the three. Thank you very much, shirt. You can go. You know, not that spark joy. I'm talking about you get excited because you've got hope, because God's going to bring out about good. Even though I might be in a bad spot at the moment, God's going to bring about good. That's what hope is. It is the joyful expectation of good. I'm so glad that we get hope in our life. I'm so glad it's an eternal element in life. <laughs> so God says it's time. It's time. It's a time for oaks of righteousness to be established. 
I'm looking at this little tree. It was a little, um, it's a little blue gum. Those ones that have the round circle leaves. And I'm looking at this little one in the ground, and I'm and I'm thinking oaks of righteousness. You know, because Scripture talks about this. Isaiah talks about this in Isaiah 61 that they will be um, oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. We grow up into that. Oaks of righteousness. This is generational stuff. What God's saying here isn't just now, here and now stuff. This is generational talking, what he's talking about here. Oaks of righteousness. An oak, (laughs) there is so much in this. Oh, Lord God, please help me bring this out. My head, you should see inside my head at the moment. Yeah. God is establishing oaks. On our Taylor Crest, we have a Taylor Crest which has a coat of arms, and it has a Latin statement underneath the Taylor crest, which says, Robore quircus, what's the next one? Motorum anum, which is Latin. It's not Italian, so come and tell me what I said wrong, because I wasn't speaking Italian. It's Latin. It's just really bad Latin. It was like the Latin, (laughs) which means the strength of an oak of many years. That's the Taylor crest. The statement over our our name is the strength of an oak of many years. And I'm like, I like that statement. That's a great statement. I keep holding on to that. But even better than that, that God makes us oaks of righteousness. I'm so glad that God establishes us. And like if you read Psalm, Psalm 1, blessed is the man who establishes himself in the word of God and in the law of God. He will be like a tree established by streams of water, whose leaves never wither, whose fruit prospers. Everything he does, he succeeds in. Come on. Trees, strong trees, but not just strong trees, strong lives, strong families, strong communities. But not just strong lives, strong families, strong communities, but strong righteous lives, strong, righteous families, strong, righteous communities. Can you imagine what that's like? Righteous communities, being able to leave your door open again, kids being able to play out on the footpath until the streetlights come on. I don't know, no corruption, no greed, no deception. Can you imagine what a community of righteousness would be like? People looking out for one another instead of looking out for themselves. People giving way. Hey, no, no, pull in. I can see that you you want that park? Take that park. That's heaven on earth. You know Muldura's change when we start complaining there's no car parks left. Well, Jura is just a town. Righteousness is a currency of heaven. If you value righteousness, if you value righteousness, value righteousness. If you value righteousness, you've got a heart after God's. Because righteousness is what governs God's heart. And you might say, oh, I'm, I'm really bad at this righteousness stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to calm myself now because that's just really funny in my head. (laughs) Steve, I hear you saying I've got to seek after righteousness and I've got to really value it. I'm really shocking at righteousness, all right? Every time I just feel condemnation, every time you say righteousness, I can feel condemnation. Don't. Don't feel condemned. 
there's nothing you can do by yourself to be righteous. It's through Jesus we are made the righteousness of God. And when we get to understand that, wow, it's like, hey, I'm really good at this righteousness stuff. (laughs) I thought I was shocking at it, but I'm actually good at it. When I mess up, I ask for forgiveness. And He is just and able to forgive. This sounds like a rip-off to me. Is this some Ponzi pyramid scheme or something? No. Ask for forgiveness, you get it. Beautiful. This is generational stuff. I remember when Kylie and I made the statement for ourselves, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I remember hearing mum and dad talk about it. And mum one night... They were, I think they were only married a short time and mum was reading scripture and, and, and she said, this is going to be our family statement. As for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. And dad goes, yes, it is. Amen. That, that's just, so, and today, like generationally, I'm so glad my mum made that statement. I'm so glad that my grandparents made statements. I'm so glad that my great grandparents made proclamations and declarations over their household. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Your words are so important. Rabore quircus maltorum anum. Strength of an oak of many years. God's going to make you strong. Value righteousness. Value righteousness. We sowed ourselves into, into church. We were convinced that the Bible is the only accurate record that we have for God. I don't know if you heard me on that. That's a deep conviction in my life. Sorry, I shared it with you a little bit before. The Bible is, I don't know if you heard me. If you're going to any other sort, if you're going to Google or angel.com to get some spiritual reading on what God's thinking at the moment, the Bible is the only accurate record that we have about God. And the church is the only vehicle for the kingdom of heaven. There is no other vehicle. And you might go, I can cite precedents where the church messed it up. No, you cite precedents where greedy men with control-hungry ideals mess things up. They weren't submitted to Jesus. Because <laughs> if they were, they would have been a lot better at the righteousness stuff. <laughs> so how do trees work? Just quickly, because this is not my message. Mycorrhizal fungi is a symbiotic relationship between trees and fungi in the, so- in the soil. We never knew this. But um, Tolkien, when he wrote about trees talking with one another in Lord of the Rings, nailed it. They communicate on a, on a mycorrhizal fungi level. Not only that, but the, the, the large trees... The oaks of many years send nutrients, send sugars to trees. They communicate where there's areas in the forest that might have drought and they send nutrients and goods to that area. This is astounding. We're seeing more and more, the the more we look at things, we go, this is bigger than what we ever thought before. What does that give you a glimpse of? That there are big trees that are protecting other trees and helping the young ones to grow. We used to think it was Darwin's survival of the fittest and that little tree's just fighting its way through until it can finally get that sunlight and go to reach it. And No, 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 no. It's really interesting when you study forestry and, and arboreum that it's <laughs> arborology. The trees that try and get the sun, that are sun hungry and want to just 
go for the gold, they die out. And that, but the other ones that submit under the, other, under the trees and receive nutrients and communicate and just don't burn out and try and go for gold, it's astounding what you can learn from life and learn from creation, learn from the pattern that God has put there for us to see. Let me read you a scripture here from Ephesians 4.16, and it says this, From him, the whole body, that is the church in all its various parts. I've got it on the screen so you don't have to look it up on your phone because I know you might get distracted. Kylie's reading me this rhetoric this morning from Stephen Furtick as we're coming here this morning. He does this. I've got it on the screen. You don't have to have your phones open because I know you'll get distracted by Facebook or something else. That's not me. That's Stephen Furtick. And he's a triple threat, that guy. He can preach. He can write songs. He can sing. My goodness. He's almost like Jesus. See that beard? From him, not Stephen Furtick, from Jesus, the whole body, the church, in all its various parts, joined and knitted firmly together by what every joint supplies. When each part in working properly causes the body to grow and mature, building itself up in unselfish love. This is the body of Christ. See the example in creation. This is the body. We are meant to be in the body. We are not meant to be on our own. Whenever you try and go out on your own, you fall in a heap. Those who dwell in the shadow of, what's that scripture? It's the King James, of a mighty shall, whatever it is. It's talking about covering, being under covering. I was so glad when we made that statement, as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. What does that mean? We started serving church. Whatever way it, it looked like for us to serve, we were at working bees. I've had people asking me if I could get my father to preach again and, and hear words of wisdom from Robin Taylor. And he's like, no, nah, don't want to preach. Other people have said, can you get your dad to write a book? Because he's got so much knowledge, you can really get... No, my dad's not going to write a book. But I tell you now, if you want to spend two days chipping on a shovel with weeds around the place, like young James did out here, and he came out and he spent like two or three days with my dad chipping weeds. Dad spoke into his life, talked about the Holy Spirit, talked about new creation message. It's just amazing what can bubble out of you when you get together and do some work with one another. I used to love working bees and getting together. There was something about it. God wants to establish oaks of righteousness. This is a time right now for oaks of righteousness to be established. I'm so glad that I have grown up in the shadow of mighty oaks that have given me nutrients. They've supplied me with sugars. They've watered me when I've needed it, when I've been dry. They've covered me when the sun's been trying to burn me. They have looked after me. I am so glad we've got oaks of righteousness in the house. But right now, God is calling you to be an oak of righteousness in the house. And not just in the house. When we talk the house, we're talking the, the kingdom of God here, we're talking about the planet, that we, we value righteousness so much that we're going to let it infiltrate every part of our being. We're going to let it infiltrate our speech. We're going to let it infiltrate our thinking that when we wake up in the middle of the night, my heart will instruct me during the night. What does that mean? Not as in the heart that is deceptive. This is the heart that has contained the Word of God, that when you're in the night hours, you go, Lord, where? what do I do? Where? Whatever it might be, you might be happy in the night hours and you want to wake your wife up and go, woohoo! And you say, no, no, be quiet. You've got to just rejoice in the Lord quietly. She will beat you to death if you wake her up now. 
Steve made a statement um, in no- November, yes, when he last year. And he said, what part are you going to play in building, in being a kingdom builder? And part of that is in building the new building, you know, and but part of that is in, in building here. In, but that it's in actually being the church to impact a city. Being a church that has, has its words, has its manner, has its heart in a place that no matter who you come across, you're in a place of peace, you're in a place of connection with the Father, that you can minister out of wholeness instead of out of drought. You can minister out of an overflow. You can speak into a situation at work, not out of frustration, but actually out of wisdom. How? Those who lack wisdom just need to ask. And God will give what? A little bit? No, he gives abundantly, it says. He will give more than enough. Has anyone had more than enough wisdom? Then we're not asking God for our wisdom. Got to ask God for our wisdom, then we get more than enough. There's a bit of a joke in there, but there's also there's a bit of a sting to it as well. I'm, I'm a bit like that. Salty and sweet at the same time. <laughs> okay, number one is be an oak. Number two is don't give up. Don't give up. Someone came to me at at prayer a couple of weeks ago and they they were talking about Elijah when he'd done all these incredible things for God. And then, um, you know, and we're talking about astounding things. Astounding things. Then he wipes out 700 um, Baal prophets by calling down fire from heaven that consumed everything. The whole nation goes, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Because the decision was, why are you going to make, not make a decision here? If God's God, then worship him. If Baal's God, then worship him. God was God. So they made that decision. They killed the, the Baal prophets. But then the king's wife, Jezebel, says, oh, she sends, this is what's really funny. She sends a messenger to Elijah to tell him, may the, may the gods deal with me ever so harshly if you're not dead tomorrow, if I don't deal with you really fiercely. If she really meant what she, wouldn't she have sent an assassin instead of like a, somebody to warn him? Like, anyway, they weren't very smart back then. She warns him, he takes off. We did, who doesn't know the story? He takes off, he's afraid for his life, runs off and he's like, just destitute. God sustains him. God looks after him. And he's really like ticked off that um, God hasn't looked after him pretty well. That God has dropped the ball, that he's the only prophet left. He's the only one standing up for God. And God didn't even look after him. And he says this to God, please let God know your thoughts. It really sorts things out. You don't need to dance around the topic with God. You don't have to walk on eggshells. You can just go straight to the heart. But be ready because it might come straight back at exactly where it needs to go because the Word of God is accurate. The Word of God is alive. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is sharp. So he did all these things, amazing things, and then he took off and he was laying he says, I'm just going to die. He lays under a broom bush. I'm just going to die. Then an, wake, wake, an angel, wake up. So he wakes up. There's food there. So he eats it and drinks it. I'm going to die. <laughs> and 
The whole thing goes on. There goes, okay, now you need to go. So he, he gets up. So I'm going to go from 1 Kings 19 um, and verse 8. So he got up. This is the NIV. So he got up and ate and drank. And strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Herob, the, the mountain of the Lord. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord says, go outside, stand by the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Okay, then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. This is just the wind, shattered rocks, but the Lord was not in the wind. Sometimes we want some stuff to get really blown out. You know, God, you've got to come in here and just, but God's not in the wind. Where was I up to? Shattered the wind. No. After the wind, there was an earthquake. You know, who saw the, in Turkey at the moment, isn't that just, you see the devastation, what can happen just in a little with the earth. See that big chasm, that olive grove that was just, now it's turned into a ravine. Goodness, so many lives lost. How do you, how do you find, you know, in the, right at this moment in time, there is, we get, alerted to how quickly things are happening around the planet at the moment. It's, it seems like it's just, no, things like this have been happening for a while. It's just that we're more attuned to it now because the news is coming out a lot more. That might be what it means that in the last times, you know, that there'll be like an increase. It might be we're just telling each other more. No, it's not. It's an increase as well. But um, oh, let's just leave that there because this needs to come out. Um, oh, thank you, Lord earthquake sometimes we want God to really move the earth for us wants to shift things and wants to move things out of the earth but the Lord's not in the earthquake sometimes we want to shout at some mountains because the word of God says that you know if the mountains in front of you, you can speak to that mountain get it to move and God says no no I want you to dig through that mountain I want you to walk over there I want you to actually plant something on top of that mountain um I want you to build something there I don't know we say send the earth shake God, the earthquake, shake it, Lord. He's not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came the fire. And we say, purify this planet, God, your righteous fire. We need it. And we all cry out for it. Even, even heathens are crying out for, for goodness to come back into our planet. It says here, the Lord's not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And I'm telling you now, God's in this gentle whisper right now. If you're trying to find it, what's being shouted out on the internet at the moment, you're not going to hear it. If you're going to, if you're going to try and get it from a, a minister speaking um, on a, I don't know, on YouTube or you're, you're doing church at home every night of the week thinking that you're getting lots of God into you, it's not coming that way. Don't allow other people to feed you. Go to God. This is a time for oaks of righteousness, whether you're a sapling, whether you're a seed, whether whatever stage you're in, you're an oak of righteousness in the making right now. Time is right here. It's precious and God wants to move on your life to, to give you strength in your life so you don't give up. 
Elijah's in the cave and he says, I want to die. In the, out, in the, out in the wilderness, I want to die. I don't want to live. The words there are, God, take my life. I don't want to face another day on this planet. That, that is a huge atmosphere at the moment. I can feel that. There is an atmosphere of I want to give up. I can't take this anymore. I wish I was, it would be better if I wasn't here. Lies, 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 lies. God has got good for you. God has got good for you. Get under the cover. Get under the cover of God again. Wherever you've been getting your cover from, get back to God. Hear that whisper. Sometimes I've got to shut myself down from the noise around me, even in worship. At any moment, we can connect. So why wouldn't we? Why do we make decisions on what the planet dictates or what work dictates or what, I don't know, school dictates? That's why Jesus got up early when it was dark and went out when it was dark and spent time with God alone. We're so scared to do this. Leave your phone and go out and spend some time with God. Go out and find something that you don't understand about creation and say, Lord, what is that? I don't know. It might be, because to be honest, I'm just blown away. I've been watering my soil lately. I can tell the difference between walking on dry dirt and watered dirt now and I'm like uh, this is being connected with the soil there's something about that we were made to be connected with the soil we are from the earth and to the earth we return we are so everything about this pattern of this world is to disconnect us from the soil right Phil we're not farmers anymore are we we just get Phil to grow our stuff for it and he's going why are they eating this rubbish (laughs) only the soybeans hey no what was it I can't remember. You're telling me about something. You're going, they're crazy. Why do they eat this stuff? Let's get back to the story. I don't know what it was. I'll get off track. Sorry. Um, So, after the earthquake came the fire, then the voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord our God. (laughs) The Israelites have rejected you. It's like he thought that this was going to work. Because nothing happened the first time. He's like, oh, well, now I get into the presence of God. This must be where I bring, bring my message now. This is, okay. God, it's not working out. I'm all alone. Everyone else that said they were going to support me has left me. They've abandoned the promises, your promises. Every remnant that I saw of your work in my life has been torn down. Those altars, like everything's been destroyed. Even those that used to speak into my life, they killed them off. I can't even hear those words anymore. I'm the only one left. Now they're trying to kill me too. He didn't realize at this point that God had orchestrated every step. We've got the luxury of reading his story now. And we can see that God was orchestrating his step. And then God, after this time, God says, there's 7,000 still that haven't bowed down to... Because he goes, I'm the only one. And God's like, let me just tell you what's really happening here. There's 7,000 prophets that haven't bowed. I've looked after a whole heap of things. And by the way, you're going to leave this place and you're going to go and anoint Elisha and he's going to have the job after you. 
So much so am I going to tell you everything about my plans now. I'm going to supersede you. You're still going to live your life out, but I'm going to supersede you. You're going to see the person who's going to come after you. (laughs) At that point, he could have got all despondent, but no, he had a heart after God. And he saw, I've got to change my ways. And he went straight out and did that. Can I say right now, you need an encounter with God. If you are feeling, i got to give up, God, I, I don't want to live in it. You need an encounter with God. And what happened with Elijah here, it's really important. He went to Mount Horeb. What is Mount Horeb? It is the mountain of God. And what did he do? He went into a cave. He shut himself away. He did not let anyone else influence him or dictate anything to him. It was him and God. He positioned himself in a place that he knew God was going to be. Not just, oh God, are you in this website? Oh God, are you in this blog? Oh God, no. He knew where God was. He went to that place and he isolated himself and he cried out to God. Was it a righteous cry? No, it was a bit of a selfish cry. But God still heard him, God still responded, and God still answered his prayer. Don't give up. Become an oak. Don't give up. Oh. Winston Churchill was asked to speak with these young men. And he, he said, young men, never, never, never give in. In matters large or small, never give in. Don't give in. Don't give up. The only thing that we should give in to in God is God. It's the only thing. Give in to Jesus. Yield. So can I have some musicians, please? Hallelujah. Does anyone hear that word today? If you want to be established as an oak of righteousness, if you're on a if you're in a position where you're like, I don't know what it is, I just feel like I need to. I, I, You've got no hope at the moment. Every time you go for hope, it's just like you feel hopeless. Then we need to pray for you this morning because God hears your cry and he wants to speak to your life today. So if you can stand, can we stand? We've got baptisms after this, so we're not going to dwell on this long. But if you need prayer this morning, if you want to make a stand, and as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We will stand with you in that. If you want to do that, come over, stand here. If you're feeling like just like, I need somebody to support, just pray with me to support me, whatever that might be. And guys, when there's no judgment here. If you need prayer, please come and give it. I needed prayer recently and I was so glad the guys, I called them, they came in, they prayed for me. Amazing. God spoke to me. It was brilliant. God can speak to you right here, right now in a still small whisper. Seal something in your core. Father, do it again. Do it again, Father. Oh, Lord God Almighty, by your Holy Spirit right now, I thank you for breathing afresh over each life, each human in this room, over each spirit in this room. I thank you for breathing freshness. Oh, you're making everything new. God, you make everything new. Oh, and you make everything beautiful in its time. Ah, you're so wonderful, Father. Lord God, we want to be oaks of righteousness. We want to be oaks. We want to be established in the house. Guys, this is a time to make a stand to be established. I remember when we did it as a young couple, we, we said, that's it. We're making this stand as for me and my house. And we just stood there and we held hands. I remember we were just going, we're making a stand. We're serving God. This is our home. This is where we're staying. Will this church hurt you? Yes, because the church is full of people. We hurt each other. I remember... 
recently somebody was trying to get someone to come to church and they were like, but I've been hurt by Pentecostal churches. And I was like, me too. That was my first words that I said to this person, me too. People think I was born a pastor. No, I wasn't. I was born a child. Born a baby, actually. Would have been difficult for mum. <laughs> Otherwise. <laughs> Make a stand, guys. There's, there's new young married couples here. There's couples that are getting married. There's individuals that are, you know, need to make stands for whatever it is. Make a stand. This is a, this is a, this is a generational thing, guys. This is a big thing. I'm not going like, to dwell on it. And I'm not going to like, please come. No, no, this is a thing. You, I'm not going to say, please come and respond to this. Because this is a thing you've got to say, no, I, I have a conviction. I am going to make this decision and I will follow through with it. This is a, I will so if you need prayer to deal with it, can I just finish up with one scripture? This is really good. Oh, great. It's not there. I'm not going to finish up with that scripture. I didn't put it in there. Awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we just welcome your spirit, your soft, beautiful presence, your Holy Spirit right now. Comforter, counselor, intercessor thank you right now spirit of wisdom spirit of truth spirit of Jesus spirit of revelation breathe afresh right now Father I thank you that you're establishing us as oaks of righteousness oaks of righteousness in Isaiah 61 says you bind up broken hearts. He will restore those that have languished here, those that are broken hearted. Yeah, he's, there's all these things in there. And then he says, and I, I, they will be established as oaks of righteousness. It doesn't matter how broken you are. It doesn't matter how your thought life is at the moment. God's saying, I am establishing you. This is the time. See, I'm speaking this out over you. You might say, I don't see it. doesn't matter. God has got me to say this over your life. This is the time for oaks of righteousness to be established. This is a time for oaks of righteousness to be established. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website riveredgechurch.com.au